0: All right. Hello, everybody. Josh Smith here. I'm here at my studio, Flat 5. We're live from Flat 5, as we'll say. And my special guest today is one of my favorite guitar players in the whole world, Eric Walls. Dude, I've been a huge fan. I saw you for the first time 20 years ago, maybe, on a YouTube clip, and it just blew my mind, man. And I've been following you ever since. We never get to hang out, even though we live in the same city, which bums me out. We got to rectify that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. We gotta do, do something different moving forward, right? <laughs>
0: exactly, man. So, man, you've had an unreal career, um, you know. And I want to talk a little bit about where you come from and all that. But I just want to give the, the listeners who maybe don't know you a background. Uh, I mean, hell, you played on Michael Jackson record. <laughs> you played with with Lettucey, with Anthony Hamilton, with Jay Z. You play with Charlie Wilson, which is good enough for me forever on Charlie Wilson. Anything plays on anything involved with the Gap Band is, I mean, is good with me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Angie Stone, your resume is long. Mm -hmm. So, man, tell me a little bit about how you got to L.A. and, uh, you know, how it all got started for you.
1: Well, man, you know, from as early as I can remember, L.A. was a dream of mine. You know, I'm from North Carolina. I grew up in a place called Durham, like the Raleigh-Durham area. And, um, you know, I come from a musical family. My father was a a gospel singer, a recording artist and stuff. But, um, you know... I would always—he had an unbelievable record collection. I would always read the credits and stuff. But what I was finding, you know, especially with a lot of the gospel stuff, like everything I really gravitated towards was being recorded in L.A. So, you know, I would I would see these uh, the names of these studios, Record Plant, uh, Sunset Sound, all these you know iconic studios. I'm like, you know what? There's something going on going on out in L.A. You know, you would see it on TV, but I'm like you know some kind of way I got to get out there so fast forward you know this is early on so fast forward maybe 15 years later once I really you know after I really started playing um first opportunity to presented it itself I jumped in and I came out here with um uh with a group of guys from back home uh, we had a record label Soul Life Records that had a had a label deal with uh, Atlantic Records and uh, Anthony Hamilton was on the label. Um, the first artist that came out was an artist by the name of Sunshine Anderson. She had like a, um, you know, an R&B hit. So, you know, that was like my introduction to the music business. And, you know, from there, you know, the music business is a lot smaller than one might, you know, actually think. So everybody's connected in one way or another. But from there, just, you know, it blossomed and I was able to meet and work with some of some of my idols moving through, you know, so it was, it was a pretty, it's been a pretty amazing journey. And, you know, to be honest with you, 20 years later, I feel like I'm just getting started, Josh.
0: Dude, I I know the feeling, man. I've been here 18 years and it was always a dream to kind of come out here. You know, I I wanted to do my own thing always, Mm -hmm. but you know, when it came time to like be a a grown up man and pay bills and all that stuff, have a family, the only skill I had was playing guitar. So it was like, (coughs) I'm moving to LA. I'm going to be a guitar player, you know? And, Mm -hmm. You know, I guess it it sometimes works out that we pay our bills and,
1: you know, know, I, you know, you know, I, not to be deep, man, but God blesses you with a gift and you actually take a leap of faith and, you know, really put yourself out there. I don't, I've never seen him make a fool out of anybody that really possesses a true gift. So, you know, that's a
0: good, that's a good point right there. The leap of faith. How much do you think that is not responsible, but a huge part of any success that we have in this business? I think that having that backup plan and not being 100% all in is a big negative. You've got to make that complete leap, you know? I mean,
1: it's, it's all in or nothing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know... God gave me a revelation a long time ago. He said, you know what, you know, it, it's cool to be, you know, to, where you're from is great, and, but if you have aspirations outside of this place, there's 8 billion people in this world. And if this environment is not going to give you the platform that you need to really go and be the best that you possibly can be, you know, you need to go elsewhere. And I heard it loud and clear, and that's exactly what I did. So, you know, it was a it was a leap of faith in that I didn't know what to expect, but it was comforting in knowing that he told me to do it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, I think, so you're you're a pretty schooled musician. You went to Berkeley, right?
1: I did go to Berkeley. I, I spent some time there. Yeah.
0: And, and but also you got a church background. So how, I think, you know, the, to me, those are the, the, the musicians that I always gravitate towards are guys who grow up playing from a young age who have this thing inside them that forced them to play. They had to do it, but mm-hmm. then they also dedicated themselves to the craft and put in the work to learn the things you need to learn to be a professional, to be the best musician you can. When you mix that with the heart and the soul, I think is when you get the guys that are really special. And that's what I hear in your playing, man. But how much do you think that's a part of your personal, you know, puzzle is the balance of the, the heart and soul and the education?
1: Well, you know, growing up playing in church and just, you know, really cutting my teeth with, you know, in, in the real world, as they would say. And that's exactly what that is, because you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, playing in church, like if you're not cutting it, the people aren't moving, the people are not moving. (laughs) You you learn really quick what not to do. So, you know, that in itself is the best school I think one could ever have in terms of just really understanding, being sensitive and understanding sensibilities and, you know, really, really figuring out what works and what doesn't. But, um, you know, that coupled with um you know with 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 the educational aspect of music it's it's a once you like you said i mean you know it's definitely helped me what i find is when i'm around or in my when i'm in situations with musicians who have only uh, Um, the schooling background you know it becomes a bit stiff and i'm generally if i'm the only one that has this type of background you know coming from church and just you know it's it's a little something special it's a it's a sauce and it's something it's it's kind of comical to me because it's not something that can necessarily be described or put into words so when when you know i (laughs) i did a gig um or a series of gigs this um over the the last holiday season with uh indina menzel we played at like carnegie hall a bunch of stuff and i met her like maybe a couple of months prior to that and we were doing like a uh a, a, a tv taping or whatever and you know it was a great band but you know it was very strict to the paper and all the guys they were great players you know but gary i was coming back right yeah gary novak was playing you know a lot of great but i probably was the only one in the band that had you know the church background or whatever so sure. she came to me she was like you know it's it's something different about what you're doing and you know and i knew what she was saying but it was like oh, yeah so th- that's not an uncommon thing so you know i, I definitely i I'm, I'm i'm very grateful to have grown up that way and to really have um you know to really have learned from that from that from that place and been able to apply that to you know other genres and you know moving forward being able to you know just um put something else in the, the pop landscape if you would of the other stuff that i you know going on to do so that's no, been great yeah. Man. yeah
0: i think that's you know a really great thing about your playing is you are always you at all times but you can cover anything and it's something i strive to do i you know coming from even a, a very different background from you, but there's a lot of similarities. I came up playing blues since I was 10 years old, you know, in because, clubs with adults, because I was playing until you know, <laughs> four in the morning, you know, and, and people don't come up that way anymore. Guys yeah. learn everything on YouTube and they go to school and the question i you know i've taught some lessons during this pandemic which is something i don't do that often and the question they've got younger guitar players keep asking me is where do i get you know all the long lines and the stamina and then uh, all this vocabulary And it's like because i played thousands of gigs of improvising and i think that that step's getting missed like from because there's just no gigs anymore like that
1: well yeah that's that's definitely true and i think you know as as great as the technology it it, it it is you know it kind of takes that aspect out of it it's like you know it's the it's the as they say the blood the sweat and the teeth. <laughs>
0: yeah. and yeah, then man. keeping that at the center it's like I, i'm obsessed with no matter how much new stuff i learn if it's sophisticated harmonically or technique or whatever that it doesn't erode what's at the core of me i don't want to sa- sound like you know what whatever i'm, I'm not besmirching anybody but I don't want to sound like you know a robot I mm-hmm. want to sound like me at all times I just want to bring this new stuff back and add it to my pie you know
1: absolutely man I get it I yeah. get it and uh, you know I think you know the, the, the season the understanding the wise person definitely approaches it that way so <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. dude so tell me personally i have just always fascinated by your right hand so tell me how you ended up Playing the way you do and picking the way you do,
1: man. It's it's the most. It's kind of a ridiculous story, man. So you know, growing up, <laughs> it really is. So growing up, where you know where I'm from, um, like the the Raleigh Durham area, we actually have you know, not a really big, but there's is bluegrass. It's kind of a bluegrass scene there, and there's this um, bluegrass festival that happens um, once every year. And um, I started out on, I had like a small little harmony acoustic guitar. That that was my first guitar. It just, you know, I would try to pick out melodies and just, but what I was finding as I would progress, you know, with the flat pick, I would always drop it into the sound hold of the guitar. Like, oh no, not this again. So I have to, you know, turn it over and shake it to get the pick out. So fast forward. Uh, my father took me to this uh, bluegrass festival one year, and I saw all these guys picking with thumb picks. You know, it was like it was like a light went off. I'm like, well maybe if I got me one of those, I would never drop. Them again. <laughs> And I mean, it's really as simple as that. You know, I don't. It wasn't
0: a hero. It wasn't a suggestion. No, it was as simple no. as you didn't want to drop your pick.
1: I didn't want to drop the pick, and I saw some guys that weren't dropping the pick. You know, <laughs> so you know, I I just you know I picked it up, and you know, I don't necessarily use the correct thumb picking technique. You know, but I make it work from you know work, make it work for me, man. So yes, yeah, it's, it's really as simple as that, Josh.
0: Before you use the thumb pick. Did you uh-huh. use your other fingers much at all, or were you all flat-picked? It was all
1: flat pick. It was all me just trying to get there the best way I knew how to, you know, so, yeah.
0: But it probably, without you even wanting to, forced you down the hybrid-picking route,
1: Absolutely, you know? and, I mean, it became, it really started blossoming into something, you know, really beautiful, because, you know, a lot of the things I was listening to, especially rhythmic-wise, you know, it was um it would allow me to do that, but then I could in using my fingers, it would be more dynamic, you know what I mean? So, you know, I would get the, the downstrokes. If I was using it in the manner that I would a flat pick, I could do that type of thing, but then with the single line stuff I was able to, you know, incorporate my fingers in it just you know, did get the <laughs> You know the different flavors in there and it and it was like oh i think i, I might be on something here so you know
0: <laughs> Dude, hi- hybrid picking changed my life you know i used to anchor yeah. my fingers on the pick guard uh-huh. um, the second i freed myself up and you know it all came from you know wanting to learn that i couldn't play that stuff you know with it just don't sound right if you flat pick that stuff Absolutely. And, but the second I switched, it changed the way I played everything, and it, and it was the beginning of when I felt I started to find my voice, which was oh. the mix of blues history, history and love with yes. jazz harmony, and then this technique. And that was when I kind of felt like I started to find my world, you know?
1: Wow, wow, That's amazing, man. <laughs> what, what, what a journey, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's all.
0: That's what's so fascinating. Talking to all my friends and players. I love to hear how everybody arrived at where they are because for me, it was a very singular goal from about 16, a light switch flipped and my singular goal became find my voice, find my voice. What's me? What's me? And then everything, once I kind of found it, how do I go further that way and make that the best thing about me? You know, and I'm always curious how guys arrive at their own. Spot like that, you
1: know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, man. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I really, you know, I really admire. You know, there's a lot to be said about. You know, it's a million guitar players. I always say it's not called the guitar center for no reason. So, you know, it's a wildly popular instrument, but you know, for people who have an identity, like it's as simple as an inch of an instrument that it is. It's like to have your own identity is like. It's, it's the most amazing thing to me. So, I definitely have always gravitated towards, you know, those really quirky kind of guitar players. or was just, just, you know, just had their own thing. It's, it, it, it's always been astonishing to me, man. So, and definitely you included, man. It's like, you know, even when you hear it, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's Joshua. You know, that's, you know, so yeah, man. Absolutely. Thanks,
0: man. Well, yeah, that, I, that's important. You know, you want people to know it's you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the 10 questions, Mm -hmm. I just want to for the people who aren't familiar with you and maybe aren't familiar with quartet in general, if you could just tell them why it's so special. And I'll just give you my story. So coming up, listening to blues, listening to Ray Charles, the soul in R&B. And then I think I was 12 and I heard Sam Cooke for the first time Mm -hmm. and I was listening through the pop Sam Cooke and then someone gave me a tape with Soul Stirrers on it and he sings um, Jesus Gave Me Water and Mm -hmm. so I'm a white Jewish dude from Florida and uh, that song made me want to give Jesus water and (laughs) and then when I heard Touch the Hem of His Garment I just Mm -hmm. lost my mind you know (laughs) and I just want to know you know someone who really is in that world and lives it tell tell everybody what they should hear and why it's so special
1: well you know I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's one of the classic American music forms, you know, it's really, it's really rich in history and, you know, you really, the, the, the primitive quartet music, you know, the guitar, it was guitar and vocals, so, you know, the guitars yes, roll. Man. Man, it's amazing. So you know, you a lot of the early stuff. Um, you know, the, the the group, the the Dixie Hummingbirds. Uh, Howard Howard Carroll is the guitar player. Now he's very much. He had. Oh man, it's amazing. And he's 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 influenced somewhat in a Western swing kind of way, but it's its own thing. It's the quartet harmony and rhythm. With that backdrop. So it's, it's amazing. So, you know, getting into that stuff. And I mean, I pretty much my father was in that world. So, you know, I was able or fortunate enough to see a lot of the the, the a lot of those older groups or, you know, those historical groups, why they were still, you know, living and stuff. So, you know, it's just a, a great musical form. And, you know, the thing that it taught me the most was just, you know, discipline, um, discipline, and especially, you know, in rhythm playing, because, once again a lot of the earlier stuff it was just guitar so the guitar's foundational um uh present has to be established otherwise you're not doing the art for any justice you know so you know i would learn you know i would pick out you know a lot of the early stuff you know it's just it's a lot of triad based stuff but it's you know (coughs) As it progressed you know the, the the music evolved a bit and it got a little bit more intricate but it still never moved too far away from those type of figures so no it's, it's such an amazing you know i like it never as simple as, as it is. It never gets old to me. Like I can always go back to you know some of those classic recordings and just be inspired, man. You know, so
0: uh, it's same same with blues for me. I can listen to Albert King every day of my life. I can listen to Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson. <laughs> People ask, oh, where you get it? where do you get a pocket like that, man? Listen, that's you unaccompanied playing by yourself, like you said, like they were doing back in the day. That's if you can't make it feel good like that, you can't make it feel good with a band, you know. Right,
1: you know. I, I, it's funny. I, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of dumb it down and say, you know, what well, the job is just not to mess it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. really all they're asking you to do. Just don't mess it up, <laughs> you
0: know. Right. Yeah. So everybody, if you have not listened to any of that music Eric was just talking about, do yourself a favor and and dive in. All right, yeah. let's let's get to the the 10 questions. So I've got this list of 10 questions that I've been asking all my friends, and they're mostly just selfishly the things I'm interested in knowing about all my friends um, because I think about this nerdy stuff. So anyways, here we go. The the, the top 10 questions uh, here uh, live at Flat 5. All right, man. When you started learning and playing, what was the first thing that just wound you up? The first lick you learned, the first song, the first... Anything that when you learned it, it was like that set the hook, and there's no turning back. Now you're a guitar player for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> um, well, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. There's one recording that uh, that comes to mind, um, and it was it's by <laughs> coincidentally it's a it's a it's a quartet group. It's a group called Slim and the Supreme Angels. Uh, the guy who actually really Helped me very early on, you know, and just kind of showing me a lot of fundamental stuff. Kevin Wilson, he was playing on this, yeah. He does the International Musicians Summit. Um, yep. great um, and mutual friend divorce, yeah. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy, but you know, he it's funny when I got with him, I told him about <laughs> I'll never forget, I told him about this recording for some reason. I didn't know who the guitar player Oint was, and he was like, you know what. That Was me, <laughs> you know, so it was like this. Um, it was this, it's, it was like a solo, um, but like a, <laughs> right. right, I'm messing it up. <laughs> what is it? Something like that, something to that effect. Once I let me see if I can do it justice on here. something like that. So once I was able to get that under my fingers, I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna really start taking this thing serious, <laughs> and that's when I. How old I were you? I was, I was maybe 12, yeah, 11 or 12 or so, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, you know, because, you know, to to be honest with you, I started out as a fan, like, I mean, music was always around me, but some of my earliest memories are of me sitting and watching, you know, I was sitting and watching my father, his group, they, you know, but I would just always, and the guitar always, like, drew me in. And you know, I, I played. I started out on drums, and I played your know, piano and stuff as well. But like the guitar was like, you know, it's so dynamic, you know, like yeah, and it's portable. So, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, once I really, you know, once I got my hands on my guitar and I was able to like, you know, get my ear to a point where I could like kind of pick stuff out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna go full full ahead with this thing. So yeah, man, that was kind of like. <laughs>
0: I can see that. I could see that one setting the hook. Yeah, that's a that's a solo. Tells a story. Makes the changes. Complete thought. It's yeah. like, Oh, if, if I can if I can nail that, I could see. Oh, this is possible. I could do this. You know. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that
0: answers number two, which is what's the first solo you ever learned, note for note.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there it is. There it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I'm a man. I'm always curious, what's the first first thing someone took the time to sit down and had to learn every note of somebody else's solo or something? Well,
1: thankfully, that one was short, and then, you know, at that time, I definitely had a short attention span, so <laughs> I think I lucked out with that one, man, you know? Is there
0: another one that you remember spending a bunch of time on as
1: a kid? Um, no, not particularly. I, I remember learning, uh, learning songs, not so much solos, but learning songs. So, you know, once again... Um, his album collection was vast, you know, it wasn't just gospel stuff, it was everything, so he had a lot of the crooners in there, the Nat Coles, um, you know, but he you went, know, you know, Willie Nelson, you know, so it was It was kind of, it was, it was pretty diverse, so I just remember just listening, a lot of the Curtis Mayfield stuff, and um, you know, just it was a lot of lot of good, um, good good information in there that I I just would sit with. Where you know, I remember discovering the Isley Brothers, and um, it was funny because you know I I'm very much a you know MTV generation, you know whatnot. So I remember. Hearing uh, footsteps in the dark, but didn't know it was footsteps in the dark because I knew it from like the ice cube, you know, today was a good day. So I remember I'm like, oh, yeah. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, that's the Isley brothers. These guys, you know, they they go back. You know, this isn't even like the beginning of who they are. So, you know, come to find out they. They've been around forever. And then fast forward, you know, I actually played with them for about 10 years, you know. So I remember, like, it just coming full circle. I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) And I had a surreal moment on stage once. I'm like, I remember when I discovered these guys, you know. So it was one of those things, man, you know. But, yeah, I just definitely was all about songs and just learning as much as I possibly could. And in as many genres as I possibly could, you know. So,
0: yeah. Awesome, man all right next quote well so that was one and two so number three this one is just interesting to me what's the first thing you play every time you pick up a guitar do you have something that your fingers just go there automatically because i know i do um
1: well that's interesting um Well, when I'm trying out guitars, or no, it can be my guitars, because, you know, I have a few guitars, and if I haven't played one in a while, I just, you know, want to make sure the intonation and, you know, the strings are fresh and all. So I always go to a, like, something in G. So I always do, like, a... (laughs) Just kind of let it ring and see if I'm and, okay. Is it there? Is it and it, I can tell if you know the strings need to be changed or if there's you're buzzing, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of it's generally something in G, you know.
0: All right, that's good to know because mine's in G, but mine has changed over the years. It used to be in okay. E for about 10 years, and then for the last 10 years, it's been in G. Every time okay. I pick up a guitar and check out any guitar, I really go. like that or whatever and it's it, it's it's it, i'll play some some variation of that every right. time i pick up any new guitar just to see what it feels like or whatever you know interesting all right you
1: know what's funny. i I thought i was kind of weird for being you know doing that i'm like am i on autopilot but that's comforting to know that <laughs> everybody's
0: got something they do every time it's really, really interesting okay so that that kind of answers this next question but maybe we can go a little deeper Mm-hmm. What what key Style song do you hear in your head All day long because when I'm laying In bed when I'm mm-hmm. driving the car When I'm scrambling eggs mm-hmm. I'm hearing B flat Like I just hear that 24 hours a day I can't help it What do yeah. you hear 24 hours a day
1: Oh man I...
0: <laughs>
1: Once again man, I when I explain stuff out loud, it really comes out sounding silly to me. I'm like, really arrogant. <laughs> so, no, it's generally it's it's like a figure. It's a and it's based upon a song called Old Rugged Cross, but it's a figure and it incorporates you know the whammy bar and it's basically. <laughs> It's that type of thing. It's that type of thing, and it's all I hear that like all the time. Like it just plays on repeat. I'm honest. and it, it, I love that song. But like, is just something about it like when played with the whammy bar,
0: though?
1: You know, so wow. yeah beautiful
0: did. man beautiful yeah so everybody's got a different kind of running loop in their <laughs> head you know and it, it never ends it never yeah. I, there's nights i can't fall asleep because i'm just improvising in my head and i feel like i'm on a roll you know what i mean <laughs> i
1: get it man i totally get it absolutely
0: oh, dude. all right when did you first feel like you started to find your sound as we were talking about earlier what was like the light bulb or the moment when something clicked and you felt like I should f- go further down this path. This is, this is where I'm meant to go. Um, you know
1: what? That's interesting. Um, I really think it was after I, after I had some opportunities really, because, you know, I, I, I thought I knew what I was doing at one point, but then I started digging deeper and, um, Coming to LA was a real eye-opening experience for me because you know this is a this is a melting pot of musicians. It's a ton of great guitar players, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, Paul Jackson does this thing, you know, um, met Alan Hines earlier, uh, Alan Hines does this type of thing, um, and, you know, just you know, it's a ton of guys. So I'm like, everybody has this thing that they do what is my thing, so I really had to, really, I'm like, okay, I play with a thumb pick, okay, I grew up playing gospel, so I can kind of approach it that way, would it be a rhythmic thing, would it be, so it kind of, it was, it took some real figuring out for me to kind of figure out, like, what my thing was going to be, or what my thing is, not what it's, what it's going to be, but, you know, so, you know, I kind of, once I, really started playing or got more experience it it really started developing that way um if that makes any sense and and it wasn't until maybe you know it took me a good five years of being out here to really like okay that that's it that's what i'm gonna you know (laughs) that's that's what i'm doing or that's what i have to offer you know so
0: and and then you embraced it right and you went further that way
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. and You know, you, you get some, some pats on the back. Like, yeah, what's, what's that thing? Yeah, do that thing. Do that thing. Did yeah. you find
0: that the gigs you started to get called for were more enjoyable because they were calling you for you, not absolutely. just to be guitar player number one and do the job. They calling <laughs> you, for you
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. Yes. Yeah, man. 100%. Yeah.
0: All right. What's your biggest weakness on the guitar? I'll tell you mine is playing acoustic guitar on sessions. I hate doing it, and it's my biggest weakness, 100%. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, you know, acoustic guitar is another instrument. You know, it's a totally different world. A whole other set of chops, you know, are needed for sure. Um, my weakness, my technique is terrible. Like I said, you know, when I, when I really think, when I really break down certain figures, I'm like, yeah, I could probably do that in a much more sensible way. But what happens is I try to play from a comfortable, I try to make everything comfortable. So, you know, I start, I try to stay away from certain shapes, certain like bar shapes and stuff that, you know, my hands are quite sensitive. I, I like to think so. Um, so I would say it's limiting it where well, there have been instances where due to my technique or me not really focusing on proper technique there have been some challenges in certain figures that you know i've had to play so i don't know it's something i'm conscious of but it's something i'm working at as well you know so um,
0: all right that's interesting yeah Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows the things that they you know they stay away from the things that well that's (laughs) not my lane you know what i mean I
1: know some of those areas. These <laughs> this, this has been an amazing opportunity for me to really, like, I've been <laughs> really adamant about, like, get it better. Like, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to have had this time to kind of sit and you know be still. So to you been
0: shedding every day.
1: I'm shedding, man. You know, and, it, and it's, it's been great because I've been able to apply. I've been doing sessions every day, so I've been able to apply it. And I'm like, ah, oh, I see. That. Uh, okay, there's, there's a difference, you know. So yeah, man.
0: Man, it's amazing when you put in the work, what happens, you know? <laughs> uh, that's an obsession of mine to be better tomorrow than I am today, at, yeah. always, no matter what. I need to hear, my, it's an arbitrary number, but I need to hear a recording of myself from three months ago and mm-hmm. hear new shit when I listen now, you know what it, I mean?
1: I do it you. drives
0: me crazy if I don't. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, my my fear is just to not go backwards. I'm like, man, I <laughs> like, man, I wish I could do that.
0: Yeah. I still could do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that too, you want to keep everything you got for sure. <laughs> but, dude, uh, how old are you, Eric? I'm 40. Okay, we're exactly the same age. I'm 40. So, do you? Uh, this wasn't on my list, but it's a question I meant to ask you earlier. Do you worry about, you know, keeping your your stuff sharp as you get older cuz we've all been around long enough now and played since we were younger that we know people that were exactly the age we are right now that we saw as kids who were crushing it and maybe aren't so good anymore. They kind of lost it. Do you worry about that stuff?
1: No, I think we're in a unique position, Josh. Like, you know, there's a difference between being a musician and being in the music business. You know, I think being in the music business To be actively in the music business And I say actively Meaning like you're moving Like your career is moving And you're doing new things And you're not stagnant It requires you to stay abreast as to what's going on And that lends itself to Your musical vocabulary Your gear, everything Like in order to stay fresh You have to, or if you want to Have those opportunities coming in You know, if it's not your Your stuff like I mean of course like your your artistic stuff is one thing But if you're being a team player and working with others like staying on top of the stuff is a must in order for you to maintain that 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 flow of work, so I you know, I I definitely I don't I'm mindful of it because I've definitely I've seen guys like you said, I've I've definitely seen guys, you know that have been on top of the world and totally fall off simply because they've dated themselves. So that's, right. I think God has allowed yeah. me to see that as a reminder. It's like, yeah, don't be that. Like, that could yep. be you. So be conscious. Yep. Be conscious of what you're doing and mindful of what you're doing. So that won't be you, you know?
0: Yeah, I remember seeing Les Paul before he passed it and it was like, I want to be that. I want to be 90 <laughs> something and playing good, you know? Yeah.
1: A, that, that's how you do it, right?
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, yeah. number seven. What's a huge influence of yours that people would be surprised to hear? Man,
1: well, you know, once again, growing up in like the MTV era, man, I just remember, you know, I remember I remember when we got MTV, and I, I always reference MTV, and I remember one of the first videos I saw was uh cherry pie. Um <laughs> So I, I love a lot of those hair bands, man. And then, you know, I'm, I'm very much a fan of, you know, like a lot of the the, the grunge, the early grunge stuff and Soundgarden and Metallicas and all that stuff. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I, like, my thing is, if it sounds good, I'm into it, man. And I've learned from so many different genres of music, whether, it, you know, been super aggressive or, you know, folk music. So everything in between. There, I, I've gotten something from. So now nah, I'm like I'm a huge like Van Halen fan. You know, I, like when I when I take uh, road trips or whatever from driving by myself, I play the 1984 album. You know, <laughs> a couple of times. So
0: that, you know, so Van Halen all the time. And my son <laughs> loves Van Halen. And there's not well, a lot of music my son gets excited about, but he likes Van Halen. So we will listen. You know.
1: <laughs> well, that's a that's a great thing to be able to bond over, man. You know.
0: All right. So then. Who was Van was Eddie your guy of the Shredder guys like from the eighties, or was there somebody else that you were really into? Definitely
1: definitely Eddie. I mean Eddie had everything. Not only didn't he have the chops, but he 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 was having fun. Like he wasn't he a corn. He swung,
0: but- man. He <laughs> swung. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was crazy, man. So and I mean, rhythm
0: guitar playing is so underrated. That dude swings hard. You yeah. know, listen to go listen if you haven't, everybody. Go on YouTube, listen to the isolated guitar of Beautiful Girls. And he plays... It's swinging so hard, guys. You need to listen to that. Anyways.
1: Special. All right.
0: Here's a random question. Would you rather have a great guitar and a crappy amp or a crappy guitar and a great amp?
1: Wow. I say a great guitar and a crappy amp.
0: So you're the opposite of me on this one So tell me
1: why. Well, I, here, Here's my logic With a great guitar and a crappy amp um, If somebody called you to come play And you couldn't take the amp with you you still have the great guitar <laughs> <laughs> And if they had a great amp You'd be winning
0: <laughs> in, a, in a vacuum though If you're forced to use it on a scenario
1: Well oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, You know what I still have to go with great guitar, but I've had guitars. Thankfully, I've had both, but I've definitely had guitars that um, that were that I had to fight to play. And I know you know what I mean by that. And you know the even like really they could be expensive guitars, really nice guitars, but for some reason I had to fight to play them, and that for me is a turnoff. It really kills my mood. You know what I mean? And, you know, in terms of if it's not set up right or whatever, it tears my hands up. I'm not going to play very long or I'm not going to be very inspired. Like, yeah, it has to sound great, but if it doesn't feel great, I'm like, I'm no good, man. So, yeah, you said the magic <laughs> words right there.
0: It's what makes you inspired. So for me, mm-hmm. the amp is the tone is a little more important if the guitar is crappy, but the tone is OK, I'll play better. Then if the tone is just yeah. horrendous and the guitar is, p- plays like butter. <laughs> if the tone's just awful, I won't get into the moment at all. You know what I mean? Yeah that's, I, a, yeah, that's an interesting thing, an argument for like, I get into arguments with blues purists, you know, from my world, which I'm sure you do in your world too, about, oh, you can't have pedals and you can't plug straight <laughs> into the amp. You don't need all that junk, you know? And my argument is this, if whatever gear I bring makes me more comfortable, Mm-hmm. doesn't that mean I play better and that the end experience for the audience is mm-hmm. a better experience? Shouldn't that be the goal no matter what? Not just to make you happy or whatever. And mm-hmm. they never have an answer back to that one. You know.
1: <laughs> the age of debate, huh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Oh, All right. Cool. Cool. All right. What mm-hmm. keeps you motivated, man? And 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 like you said, what, what keeps you – you've been shedding the whole pandemic. What keeps you going – and so excited about this this thing that we love. Well, just
1: knowing that there's always another level to obtain, like you know, knowing that there's always going to be a, a a new flavor or a new approach to something. You know, as music evolves, there's always going to be some new some new things. So I, I definitely I, I it excites me to be able to you know I, I'm I'm a once again I'm a fan of a lot of different players, a lot of different styles. So right now I've or during the pandemic i've been heavy into it and i've been actually i've had some quite a few opportunities to do it but playing like a lot of ambient guitar a lot of like you know lush kind of, so a lot of that kind of thing you know that wasn't something i was necessarily doing a lot of so being able to really dive into that and then you know that comes with a whole nother set of tools you know i won't necessarily use a strad you know i'm using gretches and yeah. using you know I've gotten some time uh, timing
0: your delays and all that stuff.
1: <laughs> so it, it requires you to, you know, really um, really just do more studying, learning learning more, you know. So, yeah, man, um, that keeps me driven, though, knowing that there's always going to be something else to kind of, you know, to, it's to never really. Ending.
0: It's a it's never ending ended. pool. You can't yeah. get to the end of it. And that's what makes it so great. I tell younger guys all the time. Man, if there's something you're hearing or that you want to learn, you're the only one holding yourself back from it. It's like, it's right there for you. So if if you haven't spent the time to learn it, it's obvious it wasn't that important to you.
1: That's true. This is absolutely true. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, man. All right. And number 10, where do you want to be in five years as a guitar player? Is there there something you really want to know or learn or, or a goal you're pushing towards that you're hoping you'll be at? um
1: well hopefully in five years my technique will have improved (laughs) no but seriously man you know what i just want to be able to maintain what i have moving forward and just really really um just really sharpen you know and that's you know once again you, you, you spoke on just being knowing your weaknesses and knowing like what you need to do in order to improve. So like I'm actively working on being the best I can possibly be. And a lot of that comes with just studying, sitting down and really just putting the time in, you know. So, yeah, man, I just want to, you know, I want to just continue on the, path, the same path and just be the best I possibly can be, you know.
0: I love it, man. No resting on laurels around here. Not Not at all. No,
1: out of out of uh, Puff, Puffy said something a while ago that really resonated with me he said you know he said I tend not to live my life in the trophy room because when I spend too much time in that you know or too much time there I'm missing the party like you know so and uh, that really resonated with me I'm like yeah you know yeah it's great yeah you've done this you've done that whatever that's great but moving forward man like and not to you know. Once again, I, I'm I'm always listening to you know to just different perspectives. I listened to a, um, a, a segment on NPR a while back, and they they interviewed a group of people. Um, they were all 100 years or older, and from different areas of the globe, different you know corners of the globe, whatnot. The one thing that they all had in common was their ability to adapt to change and really move forward in in mindset. And they attributed that one thing to like their um, or that that my, that state of mind. They attributed their longevity to that state of mind, and that that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow. So not being stuck against <laughs> the key to you know, <laughs> you know so it just kind of it was like okay so you no know, i definitely i've embraced that and just really you know i really it, that resonates with me but i really just you know kind of kind of take that take that in in terms of everything i'm doing musically so yeah man
0: dude you can't make it any simpler than that idle hands right i mean just keep so busy yeah. Keep yourself busy, man.
1: That's it, right? And you'll live to
0: 100. You heard it here.
1: <laughs> say, the less fall approach, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. All right, man. Eric, thank you so much. We'll have some links under the description to uh, all things Eric Walls, anything you want to share so people can find you. And uh, we're going to end the video here, but there'll be a, a couple more minutes for the members. Um, where we're going to talk about something. So if you're not a member, become one now, or else you won't hear the end of this video. But thank you, Eric, man. It's, It's a joy and a pleasure to have you on here, man. Pleasure's been all mine. Thank you, Josh. You got it, man.